Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast, where personal growth simply isn't enough. I'm your host, Mark Cordone, a positive psychology coach, a do-gooder from the island of misfit toys who founded the Joy Revolution. Each week, I'll wrap with an extraordinary guest doing extraordinary things through their own revolutionary work to talk about the ups, downs, and all arounds of life. It's my mission to provoke and empower you through increased joy and inspire you to spark your own revolution to change history for the better. Welcome to the most serious happiness podcast in this multiverse. Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Golden Mike. I hope you all are doing well. I hope you all are feeling well. And I hope you all are coming together. It's been a fun, fun and crazy year for everybody. I'm really happy that here now in January, I'm starting with a story that's very similar to the story from last January. We've got someone who is incredible when it comes to turning businesses around. And I mean, not only just businesses, but conscious businesses. There's conscious transformation of the individual, but it's amazing to see this conscious transformation of the group. This person has been named Small Business Mentor of the Year by the National Association of Women Business Owners, CEO of Share on Purpose, uh, which has created dozens of powerful brands, including Shiftco. Global, which is where I met her, a powerful business growth community for conscious entrepreneurs. I want to get right to it. Terry, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you here. I, I want to talk about some of the things where we met at Shiftco, uh, some of the things that you've, you know, it, what a great way to open. But also at the same time, I want to go all the way back if it's cool. Uh, I want to go all the way back to little Terry. Because a lot of people are like looking at your maybe resume right now and, and being like, here's a person who was right from birth, ready to go and take over, <laughs> take on the world. <laughs> You're giggling already. And I know both of us have a connection with Tampa. And so I'm, I'm curious, how, how did this all start for you? Yeah, you know, it's all connected, right? So yeah. um, I was born in Tampa. I was given up for adoption, which, you know, you think, okay, well, that's going to work out. And the individuals, the, the couple that adopted me were both alcoholics. And mm -hmm. very shortly after I was adopted, the series of events happened. We became very poor. And mm -hmm. I was abused in every way possible. And I used sports to overcome my rage and dysfunction um, okay. as I slowly moved from being a victim and being victimized to surviving that and then eventually okay. taking the lessons from that hardship and turning it into becoming a thriver. Yeah. Well, that's really cool in, in terms of moving from that sort of victim mindedness to something where it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a survivor. Uh, what I love about what you're talking about is this idea of not only are you moving from a place of maybe like negative one, negative two, and then going back to the status quo, zero. But you're mm -hmm. talking about a grow to like thrive, to, to grow to infinity. Right. And um, I think that's one of the things that like really perked me up when I pretty much stumbled over positive psychology. And it's great now to see, I'm not saying that this is all positive psychology stuff, but like it's great to see these things being implemented on larger and system-wide levels now. Absolutely. And, and and you don't have to stay stuck. You know, if you not only if you look for a better way, but then if you look for a way that you can serve people in that better way, then that's how you thrive. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you this. Was, have you ever met your, your birth parents? I did. I, I always wanted to meet them. I think, it, truthfully, there was a part of me that was hoping they would magically rescue me and everything would be wonderful. And, sure. um, and you know, the universe is kind of funny. So I did not meet them in my younger years when I was wanting to be rescued. I met them when I was 29. And okay. um, it was an amazing experience of healing. I met my birth father first. He was easier to find because of his last name. In Florida, they have closed adoption, so it took a long time. It took me 11 years to, to find okay. them. And then he introduced me to my grandmother. My grandmother, ironically, had just seen a friend of the family who knew my mom. And, uh, and so I was able to meet her as well. That was like 93, 94 time frame. And so I got to know them. We never really, you know, it wasn't the fantasy that you want it to be, but yeah. it was certainly cathartic. And it began the process of, I think, the second big step that I took when I went from being survivor to thriver, which is really understanding that who we are is not about the family we were raised in, or in this case, the family I was mm -hmm. raised in, nor the family that, you know, created my DNA, you know, or, and who we are as a person is not our job or spouse or whatever, who we are as persons who we decide to be on the inside. And yeah. so it really was this huge epiphany that th that family, although I was glad to reconnect with them, I'm not them, you know, I'm not the family that raised me. I'm not the family that gave birth to me. I'm who I decide to be and who do I want to become. And that really was a catalyst for me to take a giant step forward. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty powerful from the standpoint of, um, you know, my parents uh, have the, the, I wouldn't say stereotypical, but like, you know, in many ways they have the immigrant story of coming to the U.S. and then sort of the messages that I either implicitly got or explicitly was, received were, you are going to continue the identity of the family and you are going mm. to continue with what we came to the United States to develop. And so everything felt non-compliant for a while. And I really felt like a, a black sheep. And it, and it seems like for you, well, I'm, I'm looking at your situation as like, wow, what, what, how cool is that to really kind of be in this one family and then see this, the biological and then be like, nah, I kind of exist on a, in a third space. Yeah. And I get to create my family on that third space. Yeah. Yeah. And so does this mean that at a pretty early age, you were developing things around uh, consciousness or uh, yeah. woo or whatever we yeah, want to call totally. it nowadays? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, the, when I wrote, I wrote my first book was the story of how I went from, you know, victim to survivor to thriver. And it, it's a very personal book. I mean, I tell it all in the book. And I tell a story that the earliest memory I had is we were sitting outside of a bar my, and I was overlooking my brothers because I was the caretaker and was the one that mm -hmm. was guarding everybody. And so I would, you know, I mean, it's a bar, you know, it's a seedy bar <laughs> and, and it's 11 o'clock on a school night and we're sitting in this, you know, beat up truck waiting for our parents to come out. And, and uh, at some point I fell asleep with my head on the window and, and it, it felt like it came to me in a dream, but I, I felt like I had been visited by this angel or something. I, I didn't know what it was because I was six and, and wow. I was getting this guidance and this guidance was, look, it's going to be hard. Yes. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not an illusion. It was six. And you, you know, you're meant to overcome these challenges and you're meant 
to make the world better. And, and I mean, I remembered it. And, and at some point I woke up and I was like, what the heck was that? You know? And I yeah. thought, was that, was that like an alien or a UFO? I mean, I was sick, you know, but yeah. I, I remember getting out of the truck and, and feeling empowered in a very different way. I was like that. I don't know what that was again, six year old mind, but, <laughs> but you know, I am somebody and I, I walked up to the bar door, could barely lift it, you know, and pulled it, the, the door open and went in and got my parents and said, we have school tomorrow. It's time to go <laughs> and, and dragged them out of the bar, you know, and that, that, and I've got multiple stories I tell in the book of those things happening where, you know, either my grandfather would guide me or, yeah. you know, I, uh, uh, my parents, I mean, my friends, um, were just wonderful. I write about them in the book as well, how they helped me where they would just give me this little guidance and keep me yeah. moving towards, you know, the fact that, that I deserve more and things could be better. And somehow as, I was able that I would be able to create the life that I wanted. <laughs> wow. And now, did I hear this right? Did you say six or 16? Six. I was six. The first memory I have. And there are okay, others. Okay. So I'm like, I was I'm thinking of you as a, in pigtails, like, like stomping in with like your stomping in and saying, <laughs> it's a school night. We need to go home. You know, let's go. And literally dragged them out of the bar. <laughs> Um, and, and it, and it, it, you know, choosing to be empowered is a choice. Yeah. And, and I had these opportunities through this, you know, trauma where yeah. I could either choose to retreat and remain a victim or I could choose to persevere. And that's what I chose. Yeah. Um, do you feel as if in order for us to, to reach a, a, a place of higher, consciousness. Um, we have to also go through, um, some sort of dark night of the soul or, or, or some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of catabolic event, um, that kind of feels like a setback at the time, or, or do you feel like we can have these kind of, um, uh, realizations without the, the trauma? Yeah. I'm not one of those that believes you need the trauma. Um, uh -huh. I, I think everything is a choice. And so, you know, I have friends that grew up with very loving families and did, didn't have the kind of difficulty that I did that they too may, you know, decided to be more conscious. They decided to try to make the world better in some way. They try, you know, they decided that they were going to become their very best. And then conversely, I have friends who, and my brother who grew up in the same environment and he's, chosen to stay, you know, and to stay in that dysfunction yeah. and friends conversely that grew up in great families that didn't, you know, choose to really get to know themselves, to be self-aware, to dig deeper, to really look, you know, know thyself. Um, and, you know, and so they're living very materialistic surface lives. So I, I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a choice of who do you want to be? What do you want to stand for? And are you willing to do the inner work to really find that true power? Yeah, I, I, I'm really digging that right now, especially given the fact that in the past year, I feel as if I've connected to so many people who are, quote unquote, on the path. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, uh, you know, and everyone's got a different story for what, what drew them on the, the path, trauma to ecstasy, you yeah. know, and, and in, in between has been choice through all of it. And uh, so talk to me now, when you started moving, uh, you know, or being in sports, 
this is you were older when you were in sports. Yeah. But you had that rage in you. Yeah, I did. Boy, I tell you, yeah. and another one of the stories I tell in the book is <laughs> it's called Play to Win. And um, we were playing in a championship game. I think it was eighth grade. And and I was a pretty decent hitter. So I was usually second, third or fourth in the batting order, depending on the team. And, and this particular team, I was third. And, you know, we were it was tie, I think, at the end. And I'd been striking out the whole time, which I never did. You know, I never struck out. And so <laughs> my dad had come to the game uh, to watch me drunk and completely mm-hmm. embarrassed me. And my rage took over. And that's why I was striking out is I was imagining, you know, taking the bat and hitting him over the head because he was embarrassing me so bad. So anyway, you know, it's right out of a movie, you know, last inning, two runs down, two people on base, two outs, I'm up. And I remember the, the coach had, had pulled me aside, shook me and said, you need to play to win. Forget your dad, forget the people that are laughing at you that, you know, see what a, you know, cause his pants were falling down to me. It was horrible. You know, you, and he tapped me in the chest, you know, only like a coach could and shook my shoulders and said, you are a champion play to win. And, you, you know, and he just this moment of and I just literally walked up to the plate, just like it was nothing, you know, hit that for it was fast pitch in Sarasota. This was in Sarasota, Florida, hit the uh-huh. pitch, you know, you know, boom, 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 score, win the game. And then after the game, he came up to me and he said, you know, look, you know, you do not have to fight your way through these challenges. There's so much rage in you. You do not have to fight your way through these challenges. What you have to do is wow. learn your way through these challenges. You got to find a way. And the way that you find a way is you play to win. You look for ways to win, not ways to fight. And, oh my God, it was one of those things. I I just, I left that ball field that day with that mantra of play to win. And what play to win means is you don't need to be angry. You don't need to have rage. You don't need to fight. You don't need to struggle. You need to just simply focus on what it takes to win. Oh, Wow. Well, the uh, helpers have shown up in quite a bit, bit a bunch oh, of yeah. different ways in the learning moments here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, knocking one out of that, that. That's like a total Lifetime movie right yeah, there. Yeah, like, it was. You know, it was classic. Yeah, the uh, the person that grows up and, and knocks it out of the park, and then the coach comes back and like yeah. reinforces a, a message, and and the person walks away in their sovereignty. Um, that's a that's incredible. Now, as you started to move and and uh, you know into your like twenties, now uh, I'm guessing you're still very high consciousness, but you've got a you've got a twenty five year track record here in helping launch businesses. And so how did that sort of shift or move into the business world as you, you know, as you went into there? Yeah, great question. So as I was going from victim to survivor in that survivor phase, everything that I did professionally was designed to make me feel good enough. So most of my Mm -hmm. career was designed, the success that I was seeking was designed to make me feel good enough because that little girl who'd been beaten and abused, who had survived that needed success, money, title, whatever to feel good enough. And so that next step, you know, the catalyst going from survivor to thriver is I don't need those things. What I need is to find the champion that's truly in me, not in the title of the business card or the money. And 
you know, the, uh, there's another story that I tell, you know, with, uh, my grandfather where he had taught me this lesson of you get what you focus on, but you also get what you give. And, and it was all about perspective, you know? So yeah. uh, my favorite toy with anything is a fast car. I love it. I love driving fast cars. And so my, in 1999, our, I was president of an internet company and we'd done an IPO. And so we were celebrating and I bought this really cool, what's called a, I think back then it was called a Honda S2000. It's this really cool Mm -hmm. sports car and I loved it. And oh my God. And so my (laughs) employees, they, they bought me this driving lessons to a place called Motorsports Ranch here in Dallas. Okay. Kind of like a country club for car enthusiasts. And you basically take your car on the track with a race car instructor. And I was in heaven and and so you know we're we're zipping that cars is going around the racetrack non-legal speed and and you know and what would happen is every time i would round the turn i i kept looking at the wall and and you know we're well over 100 miles an hour and he's like you can't we'd stop like you can't look at the wall or you're going to hit the wall you've Mm. got to look you know as you're turning you're rounding that turn if you are worried about the wall and you're focused on the wall that's what you're going to hit and so I was, I got it, you know, throw it in gear, press on the gas, you know, take off down the straightaway, get to the next curb. And I'm, you know, the car is just chucking around the, just, you know, the, the seats are wrapped around you and I'm going around that curb. And I, and I start looking at the wall again, you know? And so finally he pulled me over and, and he's like, look, you know, you stop the car, like stop. You got to, the car follows your eyes. It goes where you look. So you got to focus on where you want to go, not where you're afraid you're going to end up. And bam, Mm. something snapped. And it took me back to a message that my grandfather taught me about. You get where you, you get what you focus on. And the minute as I'm driving that car, I started focusing to the left on the, the next pin in the turn. I had no problem at all running around that track. And so you think about that as a metaphor for life, you get what you focus on, right? If you're focused on, you know, COVID ruining your business, if you're focused on the politics, you know, hurting you in some way, if you're focused on who got elected, if you're focused on the client you lost rather than the client you'll gain, then you're just going to get more of that. So what I trained myself to do as I was evolving from survivor to thriver is I focus on where I want to go. So if something is not working, I'm like, okay, make a note of it. It's not working. Now, what do I want it to look like? And, and I let go of what's not working. And I, I start painting a picture of what will work. And I begin to lift my head up and look towards that. And invariably that thing that wasn't working actually prepared me for the thing that will work. Right. Um, that's incredible. It's, it's, it's almost as if, um, that thing was the dress rehearsal for the new thing. Yeah. Always, always, it's always, you know, like, Oh, that happened because of this and that happened because of this. And, you know, when you, when you take a, a, a more macro view of your life, you know, we're always being prepared. We're not being punished. We're being prepared. So all of these things that are happening are just preparation for, you know, what it is you want to create out of it. Well, and isn't it funny how the the way that we get the lessons, uh, they translate so well into other parts of our lives. But in, in, in a way, I'm, I'm thinking about my own life and I'm like, you know, yesterday, Terry, I was I was just talking with my speaking with my coach and my, my coach said, buddy, your energy goes where your focus goes. Yep. So, so where is your focus right now? And I, I was I was befuddled. 
And then like almost as you're saying this thing about going around the car track, uh, it, it kind of snapped with me that, uh, yeah, I don't know, Terry, you don't know that uh, you're talking to Manila Ice here, roller derby <laughs> star, right? <laughs> and wh- when, I, when I came back from a, a pretty nasty injury, I started from scratch and my coach, his name was, his name is Trash. He, he goes by the name Trash and he, <laughs> he would put cones up. And uh, when I, it's like a, a figure eight or, or it's like a kind of like a sports track. And he'd say in the turn, look where you're going and don't look into the audience because that's the best way to like break yourself. Mm-hmm. And that made sense to me. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to also be the same way with my uh, l- personal life or, or what I do in the joy revolution. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a bull in a China shop uh, with the joy revolution. I can just really understand what it is that's lighting me up, uh, you know, make some uh, changes as I fail forward. And it kind of will self-correct as long as I stay focused. Is that what I'm hearing? Totally, totally. And, and, you know, if you think about just a mantra, this is, you know, play to win was a mantra and you get what you focus yeah. on became a mantra. It's so true, right? So don't focus on what isn't working. Don't focus on what you don't want. Don't focus on what you're mad at. Say, okay, well, all right, this is somehow preparing me for what it is I want. Let me get clear again on what it is that I want and let me focus on that. And that's what you begin to create. And so you're right. You know, your energy does follow your focus. And again, we have 100% control over our focus. Like I don't have 100% control over what happens, like life sure. happens, um, but I do have 100% control over where I focus. And so I will always shift my focus to what I want, what is working, how I can serve, you know, how I can use this negative thing to my mm-hmm. advantage. Absolutely. It's, I, I really love it because you're extrapolating um, value in every single micro moment that you're alive. Every right? single one. <laughs> like everything, like every single piece, you can extrapolate value. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Now, it sounds like, uh, I mean, there's there's two things, metaphors, or not metaphors, there's two things that are showing up for me right now. And in terms of your story is, number one, your grandfather. Yeah. It sounds like this cat has your back. Yeah. Or, is, or, or still does have your back. And then number two, it sounds like cars, you know? Yeah. And so I wanted to quick. So the whether it be your grandfather or or cars or both, um, I already heard him him uh, you know show up in in terms of one of the lessons of, of life in the previous piece, but like in terms of what we, we've learned from the biggest extrapolations of value from the car or grandpa, what else did you get to pull from from those experiences? Yeah, and I think it's perspective. You know, I do I do uh, think yeah. that this is um, something that people who've gone through major trauma do share um, if they choose to, is that it shapes your perspective. So the link between the, the racetrack, the motorsports racetrack ranch and my grandfather, again, my grandfather was a living angel at the time. Now he's, he's on the other side, but yeah. Yeah, he visits me frequently and he just had all these little isms that he would say. But um, one of them had to do with perspective, you know, that mantra you get, which focus on that, that came from him. But he, but okay. right before I went off to college, again, he had been throughout my life, these major touch points had guided me in, 
I was going off to college, which was a miracle in itself. <laughs> and, um, and I had this little Datsun B210 that I'd saved all of my money because, you know, being poor, my parents did buy me a car. Um, I bought my own and I saved all my money, you know, for this bot that this um, Datsun B210. And then I'm going off to college. And he said, you know, before you go, I want to give you some driving lessons. Of course, you know, I'd been driving for a year and a half. I was like, okay, Gramps. But, you know, he, he was the kind of thing is like whatever he wanted to do, I was down with. And yes. so he, you know, he was, he was doing this really weird thing, you know, the importance of a seatbelt and keep the radio noise at safe levels, all that kind of stuff. Now, are you but kind of as, like rolling at your, your eyes at this point? Yeah, internally? totally. You know, I mean, I'm 17 going on 18. It's like, whatever, Graham. So, um, <laughs> but he was just the kind of thing, like whatever he said I would do. And so, you know, but as we were driving down the highway, he said, I want to show you something. He said, do you notice how big the windshield is? And I was like, yeah, so. And then he said, you know, if you knew where you wanted to go, would you use the windshield or would you use the mirrors? And I was like, the windshield. That's the only way I can see where I'm going. And he's like, good. Because that's you get what you focus on. Okay, yeah, check. You know, so I was like, okay, what's, what, where are we going with this? And then he said, now I want you to look in the rearview mirror. What do you see? And so I was getting a little nervous because cars were whizzing past me. But I, you know, I wasn't exactly totally comfortable driving on the highway. And I'm like, um, I see stuff behind me. What's the point? <laughs> and he's like, stay with me. He goes, now look in the side view mirrors. What do you see? And I'm like, well, again, I see stuff behind me. And now there are cars passing me. And he said, well, does the stuff behind you look the same? And I still wasn't getting it. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, no, actually, it looks different when I look in the rearview mirror than when I look in the side. He's like, great, pull over. And so then he grabbed my face and I'll get, I get very choked up when I say this. He grabbed my face and he made me look him in the eye. And with these steel blue eyes that pierced my soul, he said, driving a car is the same as achieving success. The first step is to spend more time looking forward out the windshield at where you want to go. You know, you get what you focus on. But the second step is occasionally to look at the smaller rearview mirror to remind yourself where you've been. And the key is not to spend too much time there because where you've been is behind you. But the most important thing is to gain perspective from about your past from a new angle and the side mirrors, they allow you to see the blind spots. You gain different perspective on your past. You gain different perspective on, you know, how things look, you know, objects are smaller than they appear, you know, like, you know, as you see, you know, like you get, yeah, right. exactly. He's like, so look at your past from the side view mirrors every now and then and remind yourself where you've been without deciding that that's who you are and then just simply refocus on where you want to go from that perspective. And it was so, you know, illustrious of the power of perspective. And that's what I do. I mark, I, I mark major occasions in my life with something, either a lesson or a quote. And, um, and one of my favorite stories that I'll come back to in a minute was so powerful that I actually tattooed something on my arm so I would never forget it. But this, he really taught me how to look at things from a different perspective. And remember, it's not as big as you think it is, side view mirrors, but that notion of let it shape where you're going by looking at it through a new lens. And boy, that was powerful. Wow. This sounds like you had a personal coach with you the whole time I, now. It felt like it. I swear to God, it felt like it. 
my goodness. But also at the same time, I think in, in terms of applying it to anything that I'm hearing right now, like it's almost like when, when you're going from point A to point B, it's really easy to get stuck in point A and lose your focus on point B. Totally. And, and then w- when you get to point B, it's, it's, I guess what I'm hearing is you can look back on, at point A and you can decide whether or not that story is you anymore. Yeah. And the journey, like I, I, I yeah. think it's not even looking back at the point as much as it is that when I look back at something that happened to me or for me, I look at it through this lens of how did that happen for me rather than to me? And then I gain, I'm able to squeeze the insights out of it. And whatever that insight is, I mark in some way, either with a meaningful quote or, as I said, a tattoo, um, so that I don't forget it. And it, and then it, it, now it gives struggle and challenge meaning. And then that meaning can be deployed into really the impact that you can have in the world. Hey, it's Mark. I hope you're digging the Golden Mike podcast. If you have or are just starting your own revolution fueled by joy, there's a site I created for you. If you, like me, believe that personal growth is simply not enough, if you, like me, are committed to changing history for the better in both micro and macro ways, check out joyrevolution.com. In there, you'll find an archive of our over 200 Golden Mike Live Facebook shows and, of course, our podcast that you're currently listening to. Check out the blogs highlighting how positive psychology and joy theory apply to your everyday life. There's even some cool clips from our Joy Revolution course geared towards influencers, speakers, writers, and change agents. It's all there. Go to joyrevolution.com. That's joyrevolution.com. Let's get back to the episode. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And how easy is it to get stuck? It's so yeah. easy to get stuck. And in, in terms of, of you working with, with companies, have you seen companies being stuck like that? Like all the looking, time, all yeah. the time. And, and, and in fact, you know, the most frequent way that they get stuck is they focus inside out. Who am, who is, who am I? What is my company? How do I make the, you know, how do I make you better? client, you know, customer, you know, how, why am I great? And what I always try to train people to do is no, 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 you need to look outside in and you need to say, who's your buyer? What do they need from me right now? What's their problem? How do I solve that problem? And you need to speak about them and their problems and, and the impact from their perspective, not from yours. And it's one of the biggest mistakes that companies of all sides make. Oh, wow. Well, and, and also at the same time, that kind of shift really, really looks at the, the leader as the servant leader. Totally. Uh, and I, I myself, uh, I mean, admit that when I first came up with the joy revolution, it was mine. It was my revolution. Yeah. It was, it was what I got to, you know, it, it, it you know, I finally reached the point where I got to pull uh, social justice and positive psychology together. People will love it. They'll be eating yeah. fresh. And then all of a sudden it's like, joy, what? Like everything's called, everything's called revolution now. Like, well, what do you want? You know? And, 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 and so that sort of inside out, you laugh, you laugh, but to be in the middle of it, do you remember what it felt like for you to be in oh, the yeah. middle? Of it? Oh yeah. 
but now I, I'm in, I'm kind of in, in this place where it's like, I know exactly how I can serve just from talking to a few people and, and a few coaches, um, at least for the time being. And right now it's, I want to bring um, more voices out into the world, you know, and I'm, I'm doing it through podcasts. I'm doing it through everything else I do. I love getting people telling their stories. Right. And so like joy revolution or not, I, I feel like whatever it will look, look like in the next iteration, I'm really feeling good about what people are saying to me and how I feel like I can respond to that versus like creating these buildings and saying, yeah, come on, everyone move to the, the building. Yeah. Yeah. It's really um, about the value and impact and the business is just a vehicle for that. So you can't get attached yeah. to the vehicle, right? You just have to basically say, you know, what am I really here to do? You know, what's my purpose? What, you know, what's my calling? What's my whatever. And then you just let the business follow that, you know, and, and follow the way that you serve in the world rather than it being about you being great at the business. And, and again, I've had to learn that lesson. I've got that t-shirt. So um, <laughs> more than once. <laughs> yeah. You need to pass one over to me here because like I'm, I'm right in the middle and I don't mind wearing it right now. But I, th I also think that with, meeting so many people at Shiftco, you know, shiftco.global, if, if you all want to go and check it out, we're all going through it together. And, yeah. you know, there's one thing, it's one thing to be sort of this journey person, you know, and, and work with my own coach, which I love. It's another thing to look around and, you know, to pull the, the fourth wall back. There's been a couple of times where I'm like, Terry, is it all right if I share something with this group? And you're like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because this is not a place where I feel competitive or anything right. like that. And right. I just want to make sure that I'm not stepping on toes because that's some of my old fears, you know, like yeah. belonging to a group and then maybe speaking out of line or, or being denied access to a group. And so that's what I really love about this this shift co movement and, and and where you're taking it what was the idea behind it <laughs> i uh, when i series of success finally when i'm really at this this pivotal point of being a thriver i call this kind of like the next stage i i sold my business early 2008 which was great timing and i wandered around for about a year and then i had this brilliant idea of creating this purposeful shark tank you know and that's going to be how i'm going to make the world better i'm going to take these business skills but I'm going to find people that have purposeful, purposeful products and services. I'm going to invest in them and I'm going to show them how to grow. Brilliant idea. Lots mm -hmm. of people wanted me to do that for them. And I lost so much money. It wasn't even funny. Oh, it's just horrific. Mm -hmm. Trying to invest in these purposeful ideas that made the world better. So um, eventually I figured that out. I figured out how to do that. Um, the portfolio is share on purpose. And one of our first companies it's called Succeed on Purpose. And in that business, a lot of my work on business growth training and personal, you know, overcoming fear and success accelerator kind of stuff um, is in that brand. And yeah. um, some of my students started saying around 2016, 2017, we need to turn this into a community. And I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. Someday, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, 2017, we really need to turn this into a community. Like, you've got methodologies that nobody has. Like, we need mm -hmm. to turn this into a community. Yeah, right, right. Well, I'm going to get around to it. You know, I'm, I'm busy right now. And then 20, a lot happened in 2018, 2019. But, you know, well, that's 
the tattoo story, but um, they, uh, they, um, 2019, I am in the midst of one of the biggest financial messes mm-hmm. through, you know, one of our investments went awry and, um, and I'm in, you know, like, and it was like, Terry, we have to start a community. We will put up the money. And I was like, oh, now you're talking. So um, it was really a lot of my, almost all of the original investors in Shipco were students and clients of mine who'd used our methods. And they said they put up the money. I matched their money and um, and we just got busy. And and it's built on what we call the Conscious Business Growth Platform, which is a patent-pending business process around how do you actually grow a business? What do you need to focus on? What do you need to master? And that's how it started. From being in, on the outside in and, and then seeing sort of uh, that growth model that, that uh, we've been able to, to see, I think one of the, the coolest things was um, this idea that, yeah, I absolutely can do what I love and make money. Um, and, and, and be able to sustain my own life, uh, doing what I love. Uh, and I don't know how many people have come up to me over the years. Uh, I, before this, Terry, I worked, uh, as an administrator in, in, in a college, uh, with, so the students would come in and I'd work with them on this concept called success. Right. And we could talk about that for a while, but, um, the, the most, the most messages I had heard from these students was, Mark, I either have to do what what my career path person is telling me to do when I really love this. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like an either or proposition for 18 year olds. And um, I think one of the cool things is happening that's happening is that, no, you absolutely can and should think about your gifts and because that's the place where people will light up. That's the place where joy gets contagious and, and people want to gravitate toward or, or people will gravitate towards it because they, you've done your research. Exactly. <laughs> See, there, I was like, wait a second. I, I'm, I'm on, You're getting I'm on that differentiation thing. thing. You're getting that. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning some stuff here. Terry, talk to me about sort of where you're at right now with with all of this and the new learnings, because I think one per, a person can be can fall into uh, listening to this and be like, "Oh, once I have that, uh, you know, th- that realization uh, around the car track, like Terry did, then all of a sudden I don't mm. need to look in the rear view. I'm by myself on the track." Uh, but then I kind of think about, well, doesn't don't you come around again and and sort of there's a new level? Yeah, great. And, and, you know, I was just telling somebody about this the other day. One of the things that's really unique about Shipco that most people don't realize uh-huh. is one is quite often I am the teacher teaching a concept. But what, what most people don't realize is a lot of times I become the student and I identify I need to work on active listening or, you know, I need to work on health and wellness, which is one of my Achilles heels because I do love what I do so much. It can consume me and I don't work out and, you know, I get out of, I get out of whack. So, you know, I frequently become the student. I join, you know, a happy hour collab. I'm in the wellness collab right now that's being led by a couple of the leaders in the organization and they are now the teacher and I'm the student and I love it. And I'm just like everybody else in the group. 
I'm struggling. I'm honest. I go, yep, I, yep. I'm making excuses for why I'm not doing it and holding me accountable. And 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 people are blown away. Like our members are blown away. Like, wait a minute, that's the same person that was just teaching me this wicked differentiation thing. And it's like, right. oh yeah. So right. I I think that's the magic and that ability to be vulnerable. And and I always frequently say, you know, there are some weeks where I'm giving you a hand up. And there are other weeks when I'm asking you to reach down and pick me up. And, yeah. you know, it's the willingness to be vulnerable and to not pretend like you've got it all figured out and to let your students become your teachers. That's the magic. And that's where true evolution and consciousness really explodes. Yeah, you're giving me collie wobbles right now. Uh, someone had once used this meta- metaphor with me that y- y- you want to. Uh, life is pretty much like we're, we're we're all walking up the same mountain at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, you know, we're walking up, we're helping each other out. Sometimes people are cool with staying at the altitude that, that you're, they're at and just kind of camping out there. But if you still feel uh, this fuel to continue on, you grasp on the arms of the next people and that will provide sort of the terra firma for your journey up. And exactly. uh, I'm hearing I'm hearing not only in your personal journey, but the things that are happening in, in shift codes kind of really aligned. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've got some, yeah. I've had some levels the whole time I've been talking to you here. So it's, it's a, it's a really cool thing. Now I just wanted to ask you, what are you, um, what I heard active listening, what, what, what are some of the things that you're learning from the shift code community? Yeah. So wellness is my number one goal. It was my, it was my number one goal going into 2020 and then COVID happened and that gave me too many excuses not to exercise (laughs) and and eat right. So I'm resetting that goal for 2021. So that's one. Um, uh, Work-life balance. Um, I recently had my best friend from high school passed away in a very tragic death Mm. and, and, and she was the funniest a joyful person I've ever known in my life and ever, I mean, beyond the tribute site that I just launched for her, you know, our friends are all contributing in the stories that we have. And I'm like, you know, I want to live like that. I want to live with wild abandon. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a happy person. I'm, I've found my joy, but I really want to take that to another level. So that's the other area. And then active listening Um, I'm usually pretty good at it, except when I'm under stress. And so I want to find ways to be a better listener in stress by combining meditation and breathing um, and some taking that game to the next level. I really do believe active listening is one of those skills that you really do have to master to be great. um, And I want to be great. So those are the three things, wellness, taking, you know, more wild abandon with my life, you know, dancing in the streets and let anybody film it and put it on Facebook or Instagram. Like I, I just, I don't want to hold back. You know, I want to be like my friend who passed away that she just did whatever she wanted to do when she wanted to do it. I want that. And then third is deepening my active listening skills, but not as a technique, more as a, as a way to be, a better leader, you know, in these difficult yeah. times that we're going through. Absolutely. Um, now, now the dancing in the streets part, <laughs> if, you're back, if you're back in Tampa, we can go to Ybor city and make I that know. happen. It's going to happen as soon as, <laughs> as soon as the travel restrictions lighten up. Um, it's going to happen. And I mean, I'm going to cut a rug. I'm just going to let go. And you know that she, her death really has inspired in me this, yeah. 
this, I want to take that game to another level. I want to sing from stage, even though I don't have a great singing voice. I want to dance in public and not carry a flip, you know, what what people (laughs) think about me and just let it go and just be free. That's, that's the three things for 2021. Well, I will. I will completely dance with you. Um, <laughs> I bet you will. If you're, if you're here in, uh, if if you're if you're here in Tampa, um, yeah. And uh, how how awesome is that? That looking at uh, someone's life gives us a new perspective on how we want to look at our lives. Yeah, and, and it really did. Uh, yeah, I, and I mean, here's this. Epic, epic introduction, right? Like it's ostensibly fantastic. And here's Terry's saying the way that I'm doing it is I'm still learning. I've never shut off the learning. Yeah. It's incredible. Now it's for it's we're 45 minutes in and, and Joe Fern is looking at me right now, Terry. Um, and Joe <laughs> Fern has got his, his hand up and he's saying it's time for the bonus round. You've qualified for the bonus <laughs> round. Here. Because um, he's he's got a, a piece of paper up in the sound room, and he's saying, "Let's see how wild and reckless she can get with this." Okay, Joe Fern, we're going to do it for you. So, essentially, Terry, I'm going to ask you five questions. Uh, I want to know how you embody joy, if that's cool. And maybe I should have turned this into my uh, a differentiation thing, but it's cool. It's all good. I, I'm under uh, Joe Fern's watch right now. So, uh, so. Joy, complete the sentence. Joy smells like freedom for me, whether that's going where you want, when you want, with whom you want. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's freedom. You know, it's just being free. You know, no shoulds and coulds and woulds, no worrying about what anybody thinks, but just being free. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that would, that sounds like success in, for, in a lot of people's yeah. eyes. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's a it's it, I'm I'm really realizing the difference between the kind of um, I'm I'm I feel a lot of satisfaction from my work and my accomplishments mm-hmm. to I am on fire with <laughs> my ideas. I'm on fire so much so that you know I just don't care about anything like that abandonment thing. You know, like I yeah. said, really, it's very poignant for me with the this loss that. She just, you know, she just embodied this carefree, do whatever. So it smells like, I don't give a flip what anybody thinks I'm going to do my thing. That's what it smells like. Joe Fern, does she get the point? I, I don't know if I yes. can get the bleep. I hope I don't get bleeped on that. But <laughs> you, got the, you got the point from Joe Fern. He's giving the thumbs up. He's giving the thumbs up. Um, so this is going to go to the second question. Joy tastes like... The best bottle of wine at the best restaurant you can imagine. And it's not about expensive, but it's about savoring life. You know, wherever that restaurant is, again, it doesn't have to be expensive, but it's like the bottle of wine that just makes the food taste so good. So that's the taste. Joe Fern, what do we got? Oh, he's got his hands on his hips and he's just moving his head up and down. So I'm thinking that's a confirmation. Yes, you're two for two right now, Terry. <laughs> Here's the third question. Joy feels like. Hmm. I think it feels like love. Uh, there's a deepness to it. There's a richness. There's a completeness to it. Mm-hmm. And and I think for most people, it's the most important frontier that they'll experience. Sure. I don't even have to look at Joe Fern there. We're both in agreement. Um, yes. Three for three. 
Let's go to four. Joy sounds like. Joy sounds like your favorite music, you know, that you just can't not move to. And it, it sounds like a beat that your life is in this flow and you're just beating this drum. Um, and it has a vibration. I think sound has a vibration that we sometimes miss because we're, mm-hmm. you know, into the music and it has a vibration to it. And that's the feeling that joy has for me. Amazing. Oh, I'm looking over at Joe Fern. He's giving me the paper. He's giving me the paper up to the window saying, have her confirm the last song that uh, brought her to joy like that. I am woman, Helen Reddy. I went back. <laughs> I got old school. I, I'm older than I look. I went back and, and that song, my God, that song, it was, you know, it was back in my day again and not your era, but my day oh, that, you know, it was like our battle cry, you know, and it, it's coming back. And this idea of just stepping into your power and, and letting all of your lessons from pain just propel you forward. So there you uh, go. How, how incredible is that message as we start moving into the new oh, age? Aquarius, totally. Right? Totally. Oh. Mm. So here's the here's the last one. You're four for five. No <laughs> pressure. It's the ninth inning with two outs. Um, <laughs> I'm because I work with you. I'm I'm not going to do the coaching thing with you. Uh, we're we're just going to see if you knock it out of the park. Joy looks like joy looks like sunshine. So it's bright and it's full of light and it's pure and it's not anybody else's light other than the sun that you see. And so it's got this crispness to it. Um, It illuminates everything. And so it's like this bright sun, like a beautiful sunny day, St. Pete beach, you know, where the sun Mm. is shining and the water is glistening. That's what it looks like. Okay. Let's look at Joe Fern. Joe Fern saying uh, Maxwell with the swing in the (laughs) night. It's going, going, gone. <laughs> so there is a bonus round that you have, have unlocked here. You didn't know there were so many gamification strategies in this podcast. You're good, man. <laughs> so you have granted yourself access to the next level, Terry. And here's the the, the question for you. Um, as you know, we're working together on, on – or you've really been helpful, more than helpful with, with this idea of a joy revolution. Um, one joy revolution could be the internal revolution people are having with their hearts opening up. The other revolution could be the revolution where it comes to social change. And rather than, um, uh, you know, rather than choosing, uh, falling into certain uh, emotional patterns, you could lead with joy. So my question to you is, Terry, what is your joy revolution? You know, the thing that um, I always tell when people ask that is, is I, 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 it was only a couple of years ago, one of our SHIPCO investors, who's a master teacher in the program, mm-hmm. teaches, you know, this joy class. And, mm-hmm. um, and she was one of the ones who came to me, said, we got to do SHIPCO. And, um, and I was afraid to tell her, I didn't know how to like, you know, unleash the beast. And <laughs> so, you know, the, the, uh, the idea that, she, she just, and I know you do this too. It's mm-hmm. so much simpler than we make it. You know, it's not a game that you play. It's yeah. really the inner spark in you that you just follow. And I can remember she was doing these exercises with me of, well, you know, just try different stuff until you feel different. And I was like, okay. 
And so I was trying this, trying that, you know, I was trying like the traditional thing, go swing, you know, go for a walk. And like, I, I, I liked it, but I wasn't feeling the unleash the beast. <laughs> and, and so I had my phone with me and, and I know you can appreciate this. And I, I had my headset in and, and, you know, this song came on and, you know, it was one of these songs that I really like. And, and I was, and I just, as I was walking, I just started dancing and I didn't care that, <laughs> that to anybody in our neighborhood was seeing me just, you know, just moving into music. I was moving and grooving. And I, and I was like, that's joy, you know, Mm. that, so it, it, to me, it's that it's that next level where you just are, are letting the freedom and the flow come together until you feel fantastic. And, you know, that to me is what that next level is. That's that is awesome. And if it's okay to share an observation, um, one of the first parts of of this podcast was you kind of talking about, you know, your father was showing up to the game and and you you were more focused on him than you were the game. And now you're talking about like not giving a crap what people say. Like that's such that's such a nice. Um, it's such a nice conclusion for just this small little segment that we're, we're doing right now. Um, I, I, I truly appreciate you and what you're doing. Y'all, if you want to check it out, I mean, shiftco.global is uh, the, the link. I've got multiple links that we're going to share on on the uh the, the, the notes here. And, um, I, I look forward to continuing to grow with you and learning from you. And maybe I might have some, some lessons for you. I, I look forward to that. I look forward <laughs> to that. I want you to be a master teacher on our platform and, oh, and hey, I want to well. learn. Yeah. I want to learn from you. I mean, you know, that's the thing to me is I want our members to be our teachers and our coaches and our mentors. And, and I want to learn because the, to me, you know, it's about becoming, I want every job of my life to, to be, I, I became everything that I could be because I sought knowledge and insight from others. So absolutely. I know that I'm going to learn from you and, and I am so excited to see where joy revolution is going to go. Me too. Me too. On behalf, half of Terry and myself, and of course, Joe Fern, this, this has been another delightful episode of the, the joy revolution for your sake for my sake for goodness sake start your revolution and make that shift in love in light in shadows and enjoy take care y'all i hope you enjoyed the golden mike podcast there's more good stuff coming your way but until the next episode let's stay in touch yes Find us on Instagram as The Joy Rev, The Joy Rev, or communicate with like-minded revolutionaries in our Facebook group. Search The Joy Revolution Underground. And of course, don't forget to check out the classes, articles, blogs, and some serious fun at joyrevolution.com. That's joyrevolution.com. Now, until then, what will you do to change history for the better? Let's go out and play, shall we? Press start to begin.